0: Hello and welcome to Around the World in 80 Comedians, the podcast for comedy and travel fans where I try to find out about a specific country through the eyes of the most observant creatures of all, comedians. Today I'm talking about Croatia with Tomislav Kozicinski, Tomaslav is an amazing comedian, and as well as that, he's also a really nice guy. He moved to London last year, but he gets back to Croatia to do some massive, massive shows. We talk about that. We also talk about whether Zagreb is boring or not. Drinking Rakia as a Child and Crazy Mad Festivities in the Middle of August. This, I think, is a great show for anyone who's interested in Croatia or visiting Croatia or even what the comedy scene is like over there. So, um, yeah, I'm sure you're going to enjoy it. If you do enjoy the show, please feel free to buy me a coffee. I really do like coffee and it really does help. You can can donate the equivalent of the amount of money it costs to buy a coffee, about three pounds, uh, if you go on to ko that's K-O-F-I.com forward slash around the world and just buy me a coffee there. That's great. Now, without further ado, let's find out more about Croatia, Zagreb and Tomislav Kozicinski. I like to share something personal and I really like to share my first kiss.
1: It's something that I will never forget. I remember that night, the warm, spicy feeling on my lips, the taste of wine. <laughs>
0: I was a little under the influence. And it was really overwhelming. And, and to be honest, Father Johnson was a really nice man. <laughs> Thomaslav, you're in London right now.
1: Is that right? Exactly. I live in Brixton. Moved here in March last year, 2018. And why did you move to London? Well, uh, to be honest, my wife got a job. So it was like, oh, OK, looks like we're moving. But <laughs> to be honest... It was it was something that we planned on for years. Okay, but why? Why do you want to come to London? It was the first city where, when I visited, I felt like I was home. It was like, okay, this is where I want to live. So we wanted to make that a reality and see how it goes. And for
0: now, it's going on better than expected. You were one of the first comedians in Croatia, right?
1: Yes, I was the first uh, first open mic generation in Croatia 12 years ago. So what was there no scene before that
0: what what was it like
1: So year before we started there was a couple of actors in Croatia that did like a stand up comedy workshop and they banded this group of people that were basically a couple of first Croatian comedians using air quotes here and after that they started doing like open mics in Zagreb and it actually spawned out of that so once they started doing open mics uh, I joined and I saw that it was it was gonna go in the right direction, so I stick with it.
0: Oh, right, so is there is, is there like an audience for it then in Croatia? So, when we when we started, a lot of, like, 99%
1: of people had no idea what stand-up comedy was. They were calling us standby comedians or actors or when we would come to a theater or whatever, they were, oh, you're actors, no, we're comedians. Well, it's the same thing for them, right? This old school people running the theaters had no idea what's the difference. In the last, like, five years, a lot of- like awareness of stand up comedy grew. Uh, a couple of comedians got on national television, people started to kind of follow the stand up comedy scene, especially with now Netflix coming in and a couple of uh, world famous comedians like Eddie Zard came to Zagreb as well, so people are now more familiar with it in
0: general terms, and it's much easier to to be recognized for what we do. Right, this a bit of a stupid question, but the people so the people understand comedy in English or do they prefer it in Croatian? So Croatians have uh, English uh, in their primary
1: school, so we. A lot of people understand English perfectly. Not everybody speaks it perfectly, but they understand it. So all of our television is in English. Nothing is dubbed. We have subtitles for everything. So a lot of Croatians really understand English very well.
0: Apart from you, I know a couple of other Croatian people, and Croatian seems to be Mm -hmm. like an impossible language. Is it as hard to learn as it sounds? Well, (laughs)
1: I'm I'm not sure that I'm qualified to answer that question. The grammar is a little bit different. It's a little bit harder, but I think it's more expressive than English because, uh, for example, uh, you say you to a person uh, if you if you wanna kind of address them in a more uh, professional manner, then you would address them as them it, stuff like that. So it's like nuanced differences in in how how you you can you can a lot of words. So not a lot of words uh, have. Like in English, you have one word with multiple meanings. In Croatian, we have like
0: three words for one thing. So where are you from in Croatia? Which part of Croatia?
1: I'm from Zagreb. Actually, near first city near Zagreb is basically where the Zagreb airport is. So basically in
0: capital. So I was asking some people who I know who have been to Croatia. And there seems to be, now don't get offended, but there seems to be a bit of a reputation that Croatia is a little bit boring and there's not much to do in Zagreb. Is that true? <laughs> yeah, well, first of all, there's no way you can offend me. I can okay. tell
1: other, it right that way, so don't worry. <laughs> uh, so depends on what you want to do. So I think uh, getting bored is a personal uh, matter. So if you want to go out, uh, listen to music, drink, eat, do stuff like that, then it then it's not boring. But if you want to do anything else besides what people under 30 do, then if it gets boring, yeah. In Croatia, for some reason... People who are like er, older than 35 don't go out. So in London, you will see people of all age groups just going out having fun, right? In Croatia, a a lot of clubs, a lot of clubbing is reserved for people like under 35. Everything above that is kind of considered, using your quotes here, sad. And a lot of like typical Croatians, once they get married, they just stay at home. Work, do nothing, go nowhere, stuff like that. So that's like a typical sad creation, just does nothing.
0: Just does nothing. Does nothing apart, apart from going on a, uh, to see a football game, right? Okay, all right, cool. So they, all, they still, they still all, all love the football.
1: Yeah, regardless.
0: What's the best thing to do in Zagreb? Eat. Eat? Eat and drink. Okay, what, the, the rakia? Oh yeah, don't 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 drink
1: jet fuel please. Uh <laughs> there's so much better stuff than Rakia, it's just really, really if you want to destroy your liver, then drink that. But uh you can you can eat and drink and, and you can listen to music, go to a bar, and basically that's the main thing people do in Croatia. In Zagreb, not
0: in Croatia. Let's get into the Rakia a little bit. So the Croatians, real Croatians, do they drink rakia or not? Oh, not just drink it, we make it at home. So <laughs> yeah. When you make it at home, is that like really heavy kind of lethal stuff? Yeah,
1: yeah, it's like fifty percent pure alcohol. So, oh my, we we can drink along with Russians, right? So that's where we where we stand.
0: Like, how old are you when you start drinking the rakia? So when I started drinking, actually, to get
1: drunk, I was in high school. But I tried it when I was a kid when, because my grandfather and my dad were making it. So you, you, can't, you can't avoid it. And being an annoying kid that wants to try it, I was like, yeah, fuck you, try it. So, <laughs> yeah.
0: So you guys, you're probably used to drinking it. Yeah. But like, for example, if I was to drink it, I would, it would probably, like, kill me.
1: Well, I, depends on how, how fond you are of, of spirits. I wouldn't drink it personally. Uh, I prefer my my fine ass preference Gin. But, but if you're if if it's like two a.m. and you're at a party and everything everybody's drunk and we drank everything and then somebody always produces the last bottle and it's usually uh, like a glass. Uh, mineral water with a red Coca Cola cork, and then it's like it's my grandma's rakia, right? It's always somebody's grandma that makes it or somebody's grandpa. And it's after two a.m. You basically don't give a shit, and after that it just black out.
0: I've seen you do your stand-up, and I've I've seen you do you do a, a little bit about priests. <laughs> yeah, a little bit. Is Croatia quite Catholic? Oh yeah, it's like ninety-eight percent Catholic. Basically
1: a Catholic country, and, and every every neighborhood has its own priest and all that
0: stuff. So, were you brought up as a as a Catholic then? Well, uh, they certainly tried, (laughs) but they didn't succeed. (laughs) So, did you guys have like Sunday school and stuff like that? Yeah, we actually we have it in school. Uh, So,
1: one uh, I think one or two hours per week for like uh, church studies or whatever, like Catholic studies. Uh, It's not mandatory, but if you don't go, then you're like frowned upon, you know. So it's like a secular country and you have a choice. But if you choose poorly, then everybody kind of looks down upon you.
0: Wow, And that's even the same like nowadays. Yeah.
1: So it's currently a big issue because a lot of people want to move away from that. But then you have like this majority of people that are still clinging to this very old school kind of religious ways.
0: Okay. And do you guys have like religious feasts and stuff?
1: Oh yeah, They're, those are the big. One of the biggest one is the 15 of August. That's like the end of the summer, and, and it get it gets crazy. Everybody gets drunk and and basically everybody does everybody does what Bible tells you not to do. So I think that's <laughs> what makes
0: it. Fun. <laughs> so you have like street parties and stuff like that. Is that what it's like? Oh, yeah,
1: it's constantly like that. Especially if you're down Croatian coastline during summer, every village, every town has its own saint or a couple of saints. So every weekend, there's another celebrating of some saint or some whatever saint who gives a fuck and everybody just get drunk,
0: drinks, have fun and listens to music. Is there like rivalry between the villages and between the saints? Like our saint is better than your saint and that sort of stuff.
1: Well, not in a way where it's, it gets kind of aggressive, but there are some old Croatian folk songs about certain city had, having a more popular saint than the other one, stuff like that, but nothing nothing too serious.
0: When you were growing up, was Croatia
1: was it still communist? So where well, I was born in in Yugoslavia, right in eighty five, right. and uh, when I when I went to first grade, the war broke out between Croatia and Serbia, the, the the Yugoslav war, right? Yeah. So basically, I went to primary school during wartime. So during the falling, when Yugoslavia fell apart and the war broke out, so my entire childhood was basically tied around war holy shit uh and and yeah so we we, and since 91 Croatia has been a democratic country and democratic is on paper but it still has a lot of stuff rooted in communism in nepotism in uh it's very high on uh corruption index in the world i think one of the highest corruptions index stuff like that so not not very nice political picture in Croatia. Not then, not now.
0: So you went, you actually went to school, like your primary school was when there was war.
1: Yeah, there was actually like fighter jets flying above my school and bombing when I was going to school. Literally that happened.
0: How do you now feel about
1: Serbians? So yeah, I'm going to be completely honest here. So Zagreb was not one of the most effective cities in Croatia. There was a lot of cities that went to much more terrible stuff. And when I was growing up, there were a lot of um, anonymity towards Serbians, you know, like, but as I grew up, uh, I was told by my dad and my dad is a Croatian war veteran. We over four years in the service. Okay, And that's the man who taught me not to hate Serbians. And he's the man who told me these people, this entire nation are not to blame for what politicians did. And when, uh, through stand-up comedy, actually, when I went to my first stand-up comedy tour in Bosnia, I met a couple of comedians from Serbia, and it was around eight years ago now, and ever since then, we've been really close friends. I perform regularly in Serbia whenever I have an opportunity. I love people from there. I, I love being in Belgrade. I performed in, in a couple of places in Serbia. It was always a great experience. I uh, have really close friends there and just from my personal perspective I I bear zero grudge towards those people. But I'm not sure I can tell I can say the same for the entire Croatian
0: population. This is Tomislav. He's a really nice guy. Really interesting as well, isn't he? Right, let's get into some housekeeping. First of all, thank you for listening to this show and thank you for subscribing. We had a lot of people who subscribed recently and um, that really makes me happy. So thank you. If you want to support the show, um, you can buy me a coffee. We mentioned that already. I'll mention it again. ko-fi.com forward slash around the world. You can chuck three pounds my way, which is the equivalent of a coffee your help in producing this wonderful show that you're listening to. Also, if you are a fan of international comedy, I'm guessing you are, then don't forget the uh, Nevermind the Backstop tour, which is happening in the coming weeks. It depends when you're listening to this, obviously. But if you're listening to this in real time, it's going to be happening over the time when Brexit is supposed to happen. Uh, increasingly looks like it will happen, and it's going to be a terrible disaster. Uh, But if you'd like to laugh in the face of it all, come to our tour, Never Mind the Backstop. All the details are on Facebook. If you get onto Facebook, um, forward slash Never Mind the Backstop, all the details will be there. Also, uh, I know I mentioned this last episode. I'm still waiting to confirm some details, but I do have some Edinburgh previews coming up. I will tell you all about them very, very soon. Next episode, I promise. But for now, let's get back to Croatia and Tomislav Kozicinski. In my mind, Croatia is always like... A, a really cold country, but it's not, is it? Yeah, yeah. So
1: during the the summer, it's extremely hot, and, and it gets like forty degrees Celsius in the shade. And then during the winter, like now, it's snowing uh, across Croatia. So we get we get the both the best of both worlds, or the worst, however you want to put it. So you can ski, and you can you can go on a beach and just chill in the in a very nice uh, sea.
0: In my mind, I think of Croatia, and then I think of that used to be part of Yugoslavia, and I think it used to be part of the Soviet bloc, and I think, oh my God, it's basically Moscow. No, it's
1: very warm. It's, if you want to think of it in, in, in terms of uh kind of geographical location it's in i call it the asshole of europe because it's in the middle of everywhere but but you have from from the south you have a strong mediterranean influence from from italy and greece and then you have a lot of uh cuisine and culture coming from uh, bosnia through uh turkey you know so during the the Turkish invasions in Europe, blah, blah, blah. So they brought a lot of their stuff uh, on the south side. Then you have Hungarian influence from the north. Uh, so a lot of stuff kind of converge in Croatia. So you can have a little bit of everything, on, uh, especially in Zagreb where all those things kind of tie in together. So you can have really great Mediterranean food and really great Hungarian food and Croatian cuisine. So everything kind of comes together. So it depends on what you love. You'll find something for yourself.
0: What's the best thing to eat in Zagreb?
1: Oh, well, huh. uh, I don't. Know. I well, I prefer, you know, I love pizza and I'm a pizza kind of guy. But uh, there are a couple of uh, stuff from northern part of Croatia that's uh, mainly like dough and meat and cheese. But uh, if you go to Croatia for the first time and want to try something local, I would suggest a thing called strukli. Strukli? Yeah, it's basically a boiled dough. Something similar to dumplings, okay? but it's like more layered and then filled with uh, like goodness of cheese and meat or something.
0: Dough and meat and cheese. Sounds amazing, mate. Yeah. <laughs> Tell me one random thing about Croatia. Pooh, damn.
1: Uh, Croatia's been in Europe in, in, Croats have been in part of Croatia since century, like seventh century. Maybe that would be a piece of historical information. but okay. And I know more something more present. uh, People in Croatia are really crazy about sports. Not sure that this is everybody's like crazy about sports and all that stuff.
0: I know that you guys have obviously got one of the best football teams in the world.
1: Yeah, well, uh, I'm not a football fan, but uh, regardless, I took Croatian flag to work here in London when we beat. (laughs) England, just to put it.
0: <laughs> yeah, of course. Were you watching that at home? Did you watch that in a in a bar? Where do you watch that game? Oh, I
1: watched it in a pub, actually, here in London. And I watched it in a Serbian pub with uh, a Serbian owner. And the pub was filled with Croatians and Serbian and Bosnians. And on one TV, there was Croatia playing against England. And on the other one was Novak Djokovic playing on, In on, I think it was in sort something.
0: Do you think you are a typical Croatian? Well,
1: I would not say I'm typical creation in a in a political sense. Uh Christians don't tend to be Christians currently tend to be in majority very right winged uh people. Uh so I'm uh I'm trying this is one reason why I moved out. I wanna associate with people who are not like that but so i would not consider myself a typical Croatian. i'm an entrepreneurial type of guy
0: a lot of creations are not what was uh, like a typical kind of
1: oh you want me to give you a stereotype
0: yeah stereotypical croatian yeah go on
1: stereotypical creation yeah okay so if it's a dude it's a guy that works nine to five then goes uh to bet on on sports drinks beer in a bar watches all the games comes home, complains to his wife, but yeah, maybe an old school kind of guy, you know. If I if I take a look at my grandpa, he was not uh, the most pleasant guy to be around all the time, but you know, it was like the old school kind of dudes that we don't want to be
0: anymore. What would you say is the most Croatian thing you've ever done? Oh, being
1: drunk as a minor and just doing shit in the middle of the street, you know, just 14-year-old drunk on a bench uh, <laughs> in a park. <laughs> that would be a typical Croatian teenager.
0: Now I've got some final, very quick-fire questions. First of all, 1 to 10. If I was in Zagreb, how likely is it that I would get stabbed? Oh, zero. Really?
1: Yeah, no, no chance. No, I've never heard of somebody getting stabbed in my life, especially not in Zagreb. If if somebody gets stabbed, it's basically two gang members, and when I say gang members, I use that term very loosely because just two drunken idiots with a knife in a bar somewhere in the outskirts of a town. How racist
0: is Zagreb? One to ten.
1: Uh, racist in pff, like one, two, maybe. So it depends on where you are. If you're in literally in city center. there's so many tourists nowadays and we have gay pride for I don't know, like 15 years or something. So it's just nobody's racist anymore in, in Zagreb. Going outside of Zagreb, it, the further you go, the more racist it gets. Uh, but then again, you come down to the coastline. Again, a lot of tourists, a lot of people just don't give a shit anymore.
0: How expensive? One to 10. Zagreb
1: is like 30% to 40% cheaper than London uh and if you move away from the city center it's like 50 to 70 percent cheaper it gets really cheap you can get like pizza for two four five pounds in a restaurant
0: and is it good pizza
1: oh yeah it's really good
0: give me one reason why i should visit
1: croatia if you enjoy summer nice weather and beautiful clear sea then croatia is a place for you with over a thousand islands croatia has some of the most amazing beaches in the whole mediterranean and this is something that i really stand by and if you like like more city breaks or uh winter things then christmas market in zagreb during uh four weeks before leading up to christmas is a place to visit anything else basically uh, just not worth the bother in my own personal opinion
0: why should people give Croatia a miss Mm, good question
1: uh not sure well, i think there are better choices if you want to enjoy like more if you want to discover more of uh, cultural stuff i think you should hit more like things like greece or italy and stuff like that it, ha- it has a lot of more history to it Croatia was always a passing place
0: one last thing then if i was to ask you to give me a slogan for Croatia, what would your slogan be? Country that it's easy to love once you move out. <laughs> do you get back at all?
1: Yeah, I was there a couple of weeks ago. I did a show. Uh, I did my like my my two hour special in a club where I performed with my with my group and did a couple other shows. So I, I go every three or four months to vis- visit my folks, to do a couple of shows. I have a really amazing fan base and, and people that are. That are following our career between me and a couple of my friends that we're doing stand-up comedy for the last twelve years are really amazing, and it's just a pure joy to go there. And in just in November last year, we did a charity gig in front of two thousand people in one of the biggest venues in Zagreb.
0: It was amazing. Tomislav, if people want to follow you on social media, how can they follow you? How can they find out about your gigs? About my gigs, they just.
1: Search my name on, and I'm on Facebook page. So I have a Facebook page where I publish all of my gigs and all of my social networks, uh, including Instagram, Twitter, whatever, is very simple. It's Universe CEO. Yeah, a lot of ego went into that
0: name. <laughs> that was Tomislav. What a nice guy, and how refreshingly honest. Right. Okay. Well, thank you, everybody, for listening up till this point. Please tell all your friends about the pod and get them all to subscribe and tell them how brilliant it is. Cheers. Right. I will be back in a couple of weeks time. I'm off to get some rakia. Honestly, I really am. I do have a bottle of rakia right here. So till next time. Bye. Around the World in 80 Comedians is presented and produced by Steve Healy.
1: Music used is Blue Scar and Bushwick Tarantella Loop by Kevin MacLeod in combatech.com. Licensed under Creative Commons by Attribution 3.0. Around the
0: World in 80 Comedians is a Revolt production.